0: her parents canceled her phone service. It was not a single call or a one-off, but it was a series of 911 calls that led to her arrest. And She was ultimately charged with a fourth-degree felony for abusing the 911 system, but she was released after posting a $2,500 bail. Now, this might seem like it's just a comical story or something out there to talk about in these sort of odd or strange news, but this is serious spiritual warfare that must be examined. And we're going to have a conversation about this, so thank you for joining us. We're going to get to the 911 call and let you hear it, but first, let's open up. Welcome to Kingdom of the Lagos, a Christian program of critical thinking and adventure. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Jay Dylan Proctor, and there are two others with me here in the studio.
1: Pastor Anthony Alegria. And I'm Pastor Mike
0: Proctor. You know, we really don't have a name yet for the studio. Um,
2: Featured also right before me was Amanda's ghost. She wasn't able to make it today. <laughs> uh, well, but reflexively, yes. her camera turned on. I don't know how that happened. It wasn't my fault. It was my fault. I was about to say, <laughs> I, I don't
0: know. I'm not yet sold on this. Anyways, so today we're going to be talking about this situation where a lady calls in 911 because her parents take away her phone, a 36-year-old. Now, before we listen to the 911 call, um we're going to open up in prayer, but I just want us to get our mind in a place where we have to realize there is spiritual warfare all around us in the world and we have to be answering the world on these spiritual terms and on these moral terms because the world is going there first the reason why we're talking about this being a serious moral issue is because this lady made it into that she's the one who called 911 and it is worth us talking about and so with that being said let's get our heads clear let's go ahead and open up in prayer pastor mike would you lead us in a prayer as
1: we begin absolutely heavenly father we come to you in prayer with great thanksgiving in our heart for you are a god who loves us and loves you love all people you love every viewer here that is watching lord and you you see the potential that is in all of us so dear god i pray for you to come and uh, give us wisdom to help uh understand the the chaos that the enemy tries to bring in this world and lord we pray for your will to be done for order to come come into the lives of our viewers and the lives of of our community this world we ask this in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen before we check out this 911 call And I'm going to assume that many
0: of those out in our audience haven't heard this, though they might have. It's been on the news. I just want to ask this question. What sort of person do you think would do this? Would you think this is someone who is professional or someone who is struggling to get their life together? Pastor Mike, what sort of person do you think would be making this sort of call where they're a
1: 36-year-old calling because their parents took their phone? Well, when you first hear this, it sounds like someone who has, you know, quite a bit of antisocial tendencies, who doesn't fit into society very well at all, doesn't have A good home life uh, to be 36 very immature it sounds like but you know can they even hold a job or or even fit into society uh, in any type of social commitment well see that's what it sounds like but that is not the case this lady
0: she's a realtor she's a real estate agent she's got her real estate license She's she's a graduate student studying psychology this is a professional individual and with that let's check out the 911 call and we it's a 9 moon one call, so it's not totally clear, but we're going to listen to it anyway.
3: Jackson, please. Hi, my name is Colony Kedipal. I called you guys earlier. I, um, I'm a realtor, and I live with my parents, and I'm also a full-pron OPC psychology student. And my parents just discussed with my phone, and I'm unable to call any of my clients or my boss back, and hey, I'm, I'm about to lose my job. Your parents took your phone now. They they cancel my cell phone service, which they they legally I I own my okay. phone, so That's they pay my, myself. So they just cut off my cell phone, okay. and I'm about to lose my job. I need to call That's my right. client. Ma'am, can you hear me? Yes, I can okay. hear you. This us take type of surf. Type of surf circumstance, you cannot call 911 over this. Okay. This 911 is a line for I, I I emergency. Do. Can I contact the social worker? Can you tell me how to get in touch with social worker? I believe you don't, don't have a I don't know. Yeah, I don't, do. ma'am, ma'am, take a deep breath for me. I'm just telling you that this could be considered abuse of 911. Okay, you can't call 911. Oh, so for services. Well, I mean, uh, I feel unsafe. I'm, I'm, I've been unable to call for help or okay. any of my All friends right. well, out well, of the house okay well we'll get an officer out to speak with you again okay um can i just come into the police department tomorrow to be no, okay? no ma'am they have to come yes, up to I'm you, you call 911 again okay
2: did y'all pick up um what she does as a profession and where she's going to school at or what she's going to school
0: for yeah yeah it's she's a realtor real estate agent and she's you know a grad student studying psychology and the thing is is this is a serious problem and it's not one that's unique this lady she has a bad worldview Her beliefs, her moral compass guiding her life, it's broken. There is a reason why early in the call, in in the 911 call, she identifies herself as a realtor and as a graduate student, because she doesn't know how to value herself. She thinks that value and credibility are found in the group that you belong to, not in the message that you are giving. She thinks that the government is the solution to one's problems, and you come to the government and you say, ah, yes, I'm here, I'm realtor, I am graduate student. I have this grievance you must bow down before me." And this is spiritual warfare. This is a serious moral issue, and it's not because I'm saying it, but because this lady is saying it. She is behaving in such a way that has made this into a serious moral issue. You don't call 911 because you can't figure out what shirt to put on in the morning, or at least you shouldn't. You know that, That's elevating something to a, a level that it does not deserve. She has made the 911 call because she thought it was appropriate. And the thing is, is there are many people out here who have the same belief system that she does, and they will do the same thing. And the reason why I want us to have a conversation about this is we as the church, if we're to be equipped to, to do the work that Christ has commissioned us to, if we're going to be effective as ministers of the gospel bringing revival. If we want to work on transforming our culture away from the depravity and the debauchery that it's in, we're going to have to realize where our culture is really at. Because we want to dismiss this lady as being somebody who's a kook, but the truth is, is this is how professional people who have bought into the spirit of the age act. Again, I said this in a couple of programs ago, we live in a day and age where there really are two competing belief systems. There's the traditional Christianity belief system that is built in a realistic view of fallen creation. And then there's these others that want to come in and throw that out. Let me steal a few of the Christian virtues, but again, that you can't just take apart the the gospel, you can't just do that, but there are people who want to have a revolutionary mentality that says we got to restructure everything because there are grievances, there are sufferings, and we're going to be the ones to fix it all, but they're all monsters. You, you can't just be an idolatrous person to come in and think that you can play God suddenly, but this is how people who have bought into the spirit of the age act. This is how professional people act act to have bought into this. I mean, we see college professors doing crazy stuff all the time when they get caught on camera. They're screaming things like, I'm a college professor. And the truth is that people who have bought into this idea that we need to restructure America and the rest of the world, for that matter, so that we can have a utopia where there are no sufferings, no grievances. This is what they act like. It's not just a one-off embarrassing tirade. She calls again and again, and this happens over the significant period of time that day. You know, she had time to think about this and thought this was appropriate for her to do. And we have to be honest about dealing with this because this belief system that moves towards utopia, which is really where this lady's at and that the government is the means to give you that utopia. Again, I've got my grievance. She says there in the video, she says, oh, I feel unsafe. You know, she, she plays that card. They, this, this is winning the hearts and minds of the upcoming generations. And it really is. So, Pastor Mike, um, or Anthony, you had something you wanted to say. I'll throw it over to you I first. Just,
2: I was just going to say real quick that um, you said that she played the I'm Unsafe card, but it is kind of funny. She played that Calling 911 after she played the identity card. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm such and such. I'm this and that. And, you know, a lot of times identity politics looks like references to, um, you know, what race you are and what all sorts of sexual identity or whatever whatever else random modern issue you want to focus on but um you know it's also a play on identity whenever you're uh you know really focusing and emphasizing your occupation and what you're studying and that's like the forefront of who you are it means that you need to be listened to and then later on when that doesn't work you try to use the whole you know i feel unsafe i need to be listened to it's basically the same argument it's just from different points.
0: Yeah. She, she's going through the whole, this is Spirit of the Age 101. Like, try your different tactics. This is my identity. I am this people group. Therefore, take me serious. Then, oh well, well I'm grieved. I'm of a victim class. Take me seriously. It's, it's all a bunch of, of, of garbage. It's, it's really sad. Um, Pastor Mike, where does intelligence and wisdom fit in here? Because our knee-jerk reaction is to say this is an exception, you know, this is someone who has a mental problem. But I don't think that's the case. I, I firmly believe this is a belief system problem, a worldview problem.
1: Well, if, if you look at some of the background that is uh, posted out there, her, both her parents were doctors. Um, she obviously is a real estate agent, and there's quite a, you know... Uh, lengthy test that you have to pass to be able to be and in school at, and school. Yeah. And she is a college student, So in psychology and it, it's very likely, and I know this seems, I guess this is argumentative. I do not know the lady, uh, but it's very likely that she has a decent IQ. But what I see here is that we're all created in the image of God. And what is the human being's potential to be the image? And this looks to be in this very, instance, potential that is being wasted. Um, the belief system often counteracts against IQs and it eradicates wisdom. And so it it is a desperate person here. Um, and believe it or not, some people are addicted to their, their phones. Uh, but it's definitely not aspirational. The belief system is really holding her hostage. And I, I truly believe that this 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 young lady I, my heart breaks for her because um, it seems like she's unintelligent in this but I would imagine she's she's uh, she's a lady with a decent IQ yeah
0: and to be honest it I, I totally think that she's probably someone who if she would have taken an IQ test probably checks out pretty high but the truth is is that doesn't matter God God when you look throughout scriptures having a high oQ is not at all relevant to the burden of salvation a lot of people who think they're smart do evil wicked things but what we find here... In this story, and you'll find when you look around us, a lot of really intelligent people are made to do the dumbest and stupidest things by the spirit of the age around us. It makes you behave in a way that is against anything, rational against anything that's wise. It lowers your ability to think clearly whenever you hold into this belief system of, I have a grievance, I have an identity, take me to utopia. So, um, any other thoughts on that before we
1: move on to our, our next sort of point of emphasis here well, I just think you know the belief system can just so much counteract to to what person what a person's um, IQ is just by the behavior and we yeah. s- this is a prime example of it
0: yeah well we find here that again this belief system she identifies herself as a realtor and a psychology student and that doesn't happen for an accident that's not an accidental thing that's something really important to notice in the 911 call and from that she doesn't know how to value herself She thinks that her value and credibility is found in what group that she claims as her identity. And she says, you know, because I'm a part of this, you have to take me seriously regardless of what junk is coming out of my mouth. And Anthony, you're a little bit younger than me. You're over there. um, You kind of see things. Well, Anthony's in college. But Anthony, is this a unique way of thinking? Is it unique to say because I am in insert group here, I have credibility?
2: Not at all whatsoever. It's actually pretty hilarious, <clears throat> and it also only holds. Hilarious water. or common? It's uh, both? is both. Yeah, I was trying to say. I mean, um, it's not unique and it is hilarious. It's very common, and I'll say this much also: you can see how fake it is very, very quickly because if you say anything contrary to what people already really agree with then all the credibility they gave you on behalf of your so-called, you know, uh, identification group instantaneously goes away. And um, so, for instance, like, you know, I don't play the identity politics game, and I really can't stand it whenever other people play it, and whenever other people really degrade other people by valuing them on things that they shouldn't be. You know, we should be judging people by the content of their character. And that also means that we shouldn't value people more on bases that don't have to do with their character. You know, we don't have to focus on uh, other things like that. And it is very, very common.
0: So um, I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but I don't know if you wanted to go any further down that of how you do see people who, I know Anthony, um, we don't actually talk about this a lot, but obviously I'm white, dad is white. Anthony is, is not fully white, but whenever people expect Anthony to have a worldview based on what he looks like, and I actually honestly forget <laughs> what Anthony looks like a lot, not because I don't care about Anthony, but it's it's just I see past that, but what we see happening is there are a lot of people that expect you to think a certain way because of what you look like, and when you don't, they will immediately be hostile to you. I know you have seen... Yeah, I mean, that's kind
2: of what I'm saying. Like They'll give um, other Hispanics more credibility... Uh, for some of, for some opinions, but um, which I think is wrong in itself. That's it's bad to give people credibility on the basis of things that don't have to do with their character and their knowledge. You know, um, yeah. so I but, think that's messed up from the beginning. But if you disagree with it, it will fall away
0: immediately. If you don't follow the group think, and again, if you treat people as individuals, suddenly you're a villain. Like it's like suddenly we've we've got to a point in our society where people are like, we're going to defeat racism with racism. And we don't like it that people were judged by the color of their skin. So instead of us judging people by the content of the character rather than the color of the skin, we're going to still judge people by the color of their skin, you know? Yeah, and that. that's just
2: one, there's all sorts of like groups that people can be a part of that um, they can choose to identify with and choose to attribute Credibility for I think like a good for instance for this is that whenever people find out that for instance I don't I'm not fluent in Spanish like I think if someone airdropped me in kidnapped me and Threw me out of an airplane with a parachute. I could probably survive. Yeah in uh, Central America But I don't I don't speak well enough to like make friends and things like that and so um, They'll they'll say things like okay Well, he needs to start learning how to speak Spanish and stuff like that And he needs to do this and that and start socializing with them And it's like wait a second so specifically me whenever you wouldn't tell that to uh you know white americans you need to tell that to hispanic americans and it's like that actually works out to be more racist you know (laughs) like way more it's kind of hilarious i'm not buttered about it. it is but it it's a self-defeating logic and it's really really fake i wouldn't feed into it there are advantages that people could grant you um out there because of the group that you're in and I, I, wouldn't ta- I wouldn't take them because they'll fall away pretty quick.
0: Yeah, it, it is funny how there's a lot of people who they, they come to the situation and say, well, we've got to defeat stereotypes. And they talk about stereotypes all the time. And they're the people who perpetuate it worse than anything else. They have prejudged everything and say, oh, you look like that. Then you must have these grievances. You've been treated this way. They cease to treat people as individuals. But let's get back to our 911
1: call. From a biblical standpoint, though, I, I think God is always concerned with matters of the heart, in the mind. Never do we see God concerned with physical uh, traits.
0: No, and you don't see Jesus come along and say, what does the breakdown of your synagogue look like? How are the tribes of of Israel represented? You, You don't see any of that because Jesus sees something deeper than that. We're all children of God. And and there's a level of arrogance in this that thinks, I know better than the gospel. I know better than how Jesus taught us to live. I know better than the Apostle Paul. I know better than 2,000 years of Christian tradition. It's Mm -hmm. foolish, arrogant. Anyways, back to our our 911 call. Um, This lady, she has a grievance, and she clearly thinks that that means other people should bow down to her. And this is, again, this is how this revolutionary spirit of the age thinks it's going to get to utopia. It thinks that if we all bow down to any grievance and again you hear her say something like oh i feel unsafe well she wants someone to immediately i guess she wants the cops to come over there and like slap her parents around use the force of government which doesn't cause physical violence i mean they have firearms or she wants them to come over and make them pay her phone bill like she's a realtor don't she just go pay her phone bill um but pastor mike why does she think it is so
1: important why does she go there why does she take it to that place of saying you know "Oh, i feel unsafe well, earlier pastor dylan you mentioned that you know she she identified as being a realtor and a, and a university student and uh, anthony brought up the the point that she didn't feel safe all these things that that go hand in hand in other words she identifies with a group and says you must uh, you know accommodate me in other words you must tolerate me because who I identify with and and this is also implied but what is is implied and that is is much more difficult is that there is an intolerance for those real emergencies in other words this, this what i have here is so um you know really minute if you look at it to what the 911 system is designed for that it's intolerant to those who have a real emergency and so um it's very difficult to to watch this, and hear this, and hear the, all the brokenness because it is something that's focused on herself and not the concern of others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the other things that we find
0: here is in Matthew chapter eleven verse seventeen. There's a verse that says, "We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn." And now this is Jesus. He's with the, he's speaking about really the Jewish population as a whole in this generation. He says, to what should I say to this generation? You're like children in the streets who say, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you would not mourn. And what he is saying is that is they have tried to manipulate Jesus and John the Baptist, but they've tried to manipulate Jesus. They, you know, they played the flute. They wanted him to dance. He wouldn't. They wailed. He didn't mourn. This
1: lady, she is doing that. She's exactly. on the phone and she says, I'm wailing. Why aren't you mourning? Why aren't I'm telling you, you who the I am. And you won't listen. You yeah. won't do anything. And then eventually she says, well, I'm not safe. In yeah. other words, she changes the tune. If you won't, you know, if I, if, if you won't dance to this, then maybe you'll feel sorry for this. I'm, you, I don't feel safe. And I don't have any doubt that, that maybe part of that is true in her her mind, well, but, that, you know, I think it's, it's not the mind. True. It's the mind of the spirit of they. Yeah, yeah. It's the mind of that ideology which
0: possesses people. And the sad thing, the reason why we're talking about it is this worldview is winning in our culture because we as the church, we didn't say no to this junk when it started. We've sit around and we've kind of been kind of passive aggressive about stuff. We need to call out stuff for what it is and realize there actually is a belief system trying to usurp Christianity. And it's, you, you see it take hold. Now, it's not going to win in the long run. When I say it's winning the culture war, it's got things like Hollywood, it's got media, it's got politics. But the truth is, all of these things have come before. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to endure. It's not going to be, you know, done in by a bad culture. That's not going to happen. But it is really sad because we as people, we we want to be witnessing to these people. We want this lady to have a better life than to live a life where you call 911 because someone
1: canceled your phone. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, we don't know, and uh, hopefully it didn't happen, but someone may have had a heart attack, been in a car accident, uh, being robbed, any number of scenarios, and and here is someone worried about a creature comfort, and that's what I call cell phones. I mean, they are uh, very important in our lives. I understand that, but they're not life-threatening, and, and you know, it, someone may have lost their life over something uh, because someone is not mindful of others. Yeah. And stuff like and again
0: it's not about whether or not it's a creature comfort, it's about that even if it is a necessary thing, like having food is necessary. But if someone makes you wait to have your food or say, Well, I didn't have it for you tonight, you're gonna have to go buy it yourself, that doesn't merit calling nine one one. That's true. It, it doesn't merit no, calling nine one one whether or not it's a creature comfort. It it's not that sort of situation. So Anthony, this I know I said a few seconds ago, this belief system it is winning hearts and minds of young people. What are your, your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think it's um obviously we live in a post enlightenment society. So within the past few hundred years there's been definitely an age of enlightenment and I believe we're starting to be on the tail end of that.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> as yeah. people
2: are more and more ignorant every day. And so it's kinda of funny because, you know, we've just exited the age of enlightenment and it really feels like right now we're in the age of entitlement. And so where I'm going at, going with this is that this belief system is going to be very, very attractive, especially in today's society because of how entitled people are. And it feeds into that in a way. And so, you know, if you want to communicate, hey, I've got a well-to-do identity. I'm a realtor and a grad school student in psychology. It's like, well, you can get your entitlement fix and play that card and, you know, fulfill whatever it is, whatever sort of desire it is that you want. On the flip side of that, you know, you can even take – the so-called um, you know minority identities and things like that. And that's a card people can play too to get things on the basis of uh, that group identity through entitlement uh, rather than other correct real means. And I'm not saying that people do that every single time. I'm just saying that this is something that is an easy belief system to adopt and it's something that is attractive to people because people are very, very entitled, especially today. I mean, I think it's probably true across humanity. But we live in a very, very wealthy society yeah. where uh, people are not having to make extraordinary, extraordinary sacrifices every day just to survive. So I think in many ways we've become entitled and that can make this belief system very, very attractive.
0: Yeah. And you cannot mark this lady off as someone who is an exception or she's just doing something which is silly or stupid. Because if you don't treat this for what she is treating it as, again, if you don't accepted on the terms that the world has acknowledged are the new terms because she's actually a professional. Um, and, and I can imagine this lady being, I mean, I, I was a real estate agent for uh, a few years. I, I'm not saying that I worked with people that I've seen do this, but I, I'm, I have seen how people have been crazy in real life. And if you've been an adult, you've seen everyday people do crazy stuff. Um, so you can't just mark this lady off as an exception because then you're not going to be equipped to stand up to the spiritual warfare that's going on in the world. I know Anthony says that entitlement plays a big role. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think there's a bigger reason why this sells to people. And I think it sells to people because it is built on moral language, this whole utopian notion that you don't have to suffer the injustice of having your phone taken away or somebody saying something you didn't like. I think the reason why this sells to people is because it does come to people on a moral language, that it comes to battle injustice. And whenever you hear the words battling injustice, you know, naturally that sounds like a good thing. Um, And it sells to young people because it says they can join in with the revolution. You're going to build the utopia and there's not going to be any injustices. There will be no pain, no differences between people. There won't be any damage to the earth or any need for hard labor. Everything's renewable. It's easy. It's going to be wonderful. And it sells to people built on something which is actually a truth. It sells people on the truth of injustice. And that's where this really gets fascinating because there are injustices in the world and people have real grievances, but that's not the full story. And that's where the problem lies is that some people are not just unique because they have grievances. Actually, all people have grievances. If you were born as a son of Adam or a daughter of Eve, you have experienced injustice in life. Now it's going to be different from person to person, but suffering is inherent to the fallen nature of creation. And yes, some injustices are more painful than others, but a race to the bottom to see who has suffered the most is not going to do anything, and it's not a good way to build a society. Um, And as Viktor Frankl says, all suffering is relative. It is like a gas filling the volume of its container. It is always perceived to be at its worst. There's this whole lie that we have in our modern day and age that if somebody experienced agreements, they know how to solve it, and it's one of the wicked things of creation. It's not true. Just because somebody's experienced a grievance doesn't mean they know how to solve it at all. In fact, when you look at a lot of things like violent sexual crimes, like young men who are molested have a much higher chance of becoming a sex predator as an adult than young men who weren't. I mean, when you actually look at a lot of violent crimes, people who experience that as children way more likely to grow up and start doing it again when they're adults. That, that's just how it is. You look a lot of times, a lot of wicked and evil deeds perpetuate themselves because the people who started off as victims of that They get older, they get resentful, they want vengeance, and they start doing that same thing, not to those who did it to them, but to others. They make more victims. That is a truth of fallen creation that we cannot deny. We have allowed this to be denied in our society. We have to look at people as individuals and want their hearts and minds brought back to God and reconciled to him. Because if we try to just have this race to the bottom of who suffered the most, you're you're never going to get anywhere with that because nobody wants to admit the truth of who has suffered the most. God has suffered the most. God has watched his creatures take on horrible sins and endure death. He has watched them go through terrible things, do violent things to one another. God even sent his son. God knows what it's like to lose a child.
2: And he suffered.
0: He suffered. At the
2: hand of those sinners.
0: Yes. In this worldview, one of the reasons why I think it really sells to people is because they need an answer for fallen creation. And the church hasn't done a good job of answering for fallen creation and pointing people to the gospel. People in the world, they want to be involved in the revolution. They want to be free of the injustice of the world. But the solution is not behaving like this lady. The solution is not socialism, social justice, or any belief system that's built on building utopias. The solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the gospel clearly tells us that the purpose of life is not to avoid suffering. Because as Anthony said, God himself suffered. He came to suffer at the hand of sinners. We are called and that to was be- to give life. Yeah, to give life. We we are taught as people, um, you know, we we are to persevere and overcome. We're to overcome the the affairs of this world with Christ. The gospel and its biblical worldview is the only thing that can defeat injustices and bring transformation to this world. Everything else is like the emperor from the new Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker, where he says, "If you strike me down, you will become me." The spirit of the age, this. Revolutionary utopian mentality wherever you see it. It thinks that it can do away with grievances and sufferings because the new generation, they will be the people in power and they won't do those terrible things. But the truth is is they will. It's a lie. We see time and time again people who had a grievance when they were young, they become monsters when they get older. The tyranny, it only is going to perpetuate. The only way that it can be defeated is with the gospel of Christ Jesus. Um... I want to read one scripture real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. The great passage a lot of people talk about, especially in the church of Nazarene, on holiness and transformation, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This lady is not capable of discerning what is good, acceptable and perfect. Again, she spent years in university. Her family's years in university. Supposed to be doctors, people counseling. But her solution is I need a, a, a you know, social worker to sort this out. I'm a 36-year-old and my parents shut off my phone. And she's not alone in this mentality. There's a lot of people out there of this. And we must be looking to the young people. We must be looking to the people who even are in this latest condition. We must teach them that the alternative to the inherent sufferings of life is not some utopia with the word social in its name, but it is the gospel of Christ Jesus and the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the true alternative to the ways of the world. And the solution is not just to have the ways of the world with you pulling the strings, but the solution is actually to live out the gospel values and to have Christ as Lord of your life. Gentlemen, your thoughts on this sort of antidote that I've presented here at the end?
1: Well, it is the kingdom of God that that we pray for to come and God's will to be done. One of the things that we know is God does bring order to the chaos. Chaos breeds chaos. Injustice often breeds more injustice. And, you know, the, the enemy wants people to be confused. And when you get confused, you do things that just sound so crazy and so... Um, Irrational, and that's where we find this this lady. And again, um, you know, we're not here to condemn her, condemn her actions, but we do pray for her because she is has fallen victim to this spirit of the age and chaos has bred chaos. Yep, Anthony.
2: Well, um, I feel like communion with God, being transformed by His Holy Spirit, and you know, repenting of our worldly sins and natures it's always the solution (laughs) to human problems right um and one day it'll be the solution even to earthly tragedy whenever uh you, you know christ returns and the earth is remade so that it's a perfect place and we're resurrected but that being said i do think it's good to demonstrate how it is and the world before christ really was a world that was based almost in every way on the circumstances of, you know, one's birth, for instance, that was part of their identity, and, you know, where they moved throughout society, that was a significant part of their identity, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of social mobility after birth, but if you did have any, your identity still wasn't necessarily going to be based on how good of a person you were, and your rights weren't going to be protected as, you know, um, endowed by your creator. But they'd be protected because, okay, well, you're well-to-do, you're the son of an important person, these things. After Christianity, the idea of being born again made that available to all people because it was started to become yeah. very, very obvious that every single person is precious in the eyes of God. And absolutely. And God desires to give them life. Yep. <clears throat> and so, yes, I do think absolutely this is the antidote. And it's the antidote. Because the world was wrong in basing its identity in necess- in what it is that it's doing and how it was born and things of that nature. The world should be basing its identity based on how God sees it. Yeah. Amen. Well with that, Anthony, would you actually close in prayer? I will. <laughs> Kinda wish I could I prayed that. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that um we can take what We've learned here and truly apply it to our lives that we can repent, that we can find our identity in you and live as you do, be holy as you do, as you are. And Lord, we pray that we can go out into the world and in love and long suffering, bring it closer to you. Show it, Lord, that it can be born again, that it can be transformed that it can have life also.
0: We ask these things in the name of your Son. Amen. 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 So thank you for joining us. Again, grab a link to our content, share it. Uh, We're trying to get our YouTube channel. We've had issues trying to get our YouTube page growing, but go to YouTube, check us out at Kingdom of the Logos. If you'd like to donate monetarily, you can do that at patriot.com slash Kingdom of the Logos. And with that, God love you and have a blessed day.